0: Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Welcome to the Joshua Nation's Inheritance Podcast. I'm going to continue on the armor of God, but it's going to take me a while to get there. Um, I went over a few pieces of the armor uh, on the first time, and I'll I'll review those very quickly and get to hopefully a couple others. Uh, just starting out, you, you know, the purpose of the armor of God is in Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, and the purpose is to stand. So we have to understand that as we as we get into the armor of God and we dive deep and and try to learn about the armor of God as we're doing that let's first understand the purpose. The purpose of the armor of God is to stand against the schemes, the wiles, the tricks, the treachery, the deceptions of the devil. And when we, are, when we put on the armor of God, it is going to equip us and give us the strength and the ability through the Holy Spirit to stand against the tricks and the schemes of the devil. But before I get into that, Let's also understand the times that we're in right now. It it seems like a lot of the end times prophecies and things are are converging right now, that everything all of a sudden is, is happening at once. The Bible tells us that the spirit of the Antichrist has been around now for over 2,000 years. We know that. But it seems now that the spirit of the Antichrist is becoming more palpable, it's becoming more obvious. And uh, you can see that uh, the Antichrist government, this globalist government is, is starting to come about, it's starting to manifest, it's, it's starting to form. And so many times as Christians, we, you know, we keep praying you know, for things to get better, for things to go back to normal, for things to go back to the way they were. But I'm here to tell you, I don't think that things are going to go back to normal. I don't think think things necessarily are going to start getting better. So we have to be prepared and we have to be equipped so we can stand as we see the spirit of Antichrist and the globalism and the things um, being set up. We have to be prepared. We have to be ready for, for persecution. I have good news, though. In Second Peter chapter 2, verse 9, listen to this. It says, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of trials and temptations, while at the same time he reserves the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Basically, what God is telling us, as as we see the Antichrist government being formed, as we see bad things start to happen in the world, we have to understand that as these things are happening, God knows how to keep us. God knows how to protect us. And we have to understand that God is getting ready to judge the world. He is getting ready to judge the ungodly. And so as these things are happening, bad things are gonna are, are going to be happening around us in the world. Persecutions are gonna come uh, against us in the world. But while these things are happening, God promises that he will deliver us, that he will keep us safe. He will protect us from these things as, the, as they're happening. Again, so many times we sit and we pray and we ask, for a deliverance or for things to get better. But listen to what God said in Deuteronomy chapter eight to the nation of Israel. We know that the nation of Israel was uh, for 40 years in the wilderness and God was preparing them and he was getting ready for them to enter into the promised land. And in that same way, that's a picture because God is preparing us now and he is getting us ready, and he is working with us and through us to prepare us and get us, as, as modern day Christians, getting us ready to enter into our promised land, which is going to be heaven, the New Jerusalem, with Jesus, and getting them ready to enter into the promised land. Listen to what God says to the nation of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse one. It says, All the commandments which I command you this day shall you observe to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to prove you To know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or no. And he humbled you and allowed you to hunger. But as God allowed you to hunger, he also fed you with manna, which you knew not, neither did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord, does man live? As you were struggling, as you were in the wilderness, your raiment waxed not old upon you, neither did your foot swell these 40 years, God took care of you. As you were going through the wilderness, as you were going through the trials, as you were going through the temptations, just like 2 Peter chapter, chapter 2, verse 9, God was still taking care of them. Verse 5, also consider in your heart that as a man chastens or disciplines his son, so the Lord your God chastens or disciplines you. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God brings you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land wherein you shall eat bread without scarceness. You shall not lack anything in it. So as we see the judgment of God and the coming upon the world, as we see the end times and the prophecies starting to converge, and as we see that maybe hard times and struggles and persecutions are coming, don't Don't sit here and pray, oh, God, please make it better. Please make it better. I'm telling you, he's not going to make it better. These things have to be. If there's going to be a one-world antichrist government set up, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not that we're taken out of the way and then plop, there's a world government. It takes time for these things to be set up. And just like God allowed the Israelites to hunger in the desert, But at the same time, he fed them with bread from heaven and food from heaven. God is allowing these things to happen. He's allowing, he's not causing them, but he's allowing these things to occur. And as they are occurring around us, God is going to supernaturally provide and protect us, just like he gave the, the nation of Israel bread from heaven. And he is preparing us. He is testing us to see what is in our heart when hard times come, when persecutions come, are you still gonna follow the ways of God? Are you still gonna follow God? Are you still gonna trust in God? And the answer, of course, for most of us here, for all of us here is gonna be yes. With that in mind, I think as a modern day Christian, we have to change our definition of success. And I'm I'm talking about mega churches and uh, how how big your budget is in your church and all that stuff. We have to change our definition of success. In Matthew chapter eleven, verse nine, Jesus is speaking about John the Baptist. When he's speaking about John the Baptist, Matthew chapter eleven, verse nine. And I encourage everybody, if you have time, go and read these, these, these passages. Jesus says this when he's uh, talking to the people about John the Baptist. But what went you out to see? A prophet? Yea, yea, I say to you. In other words, yes, you saw a prophet. And you also saw more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, which shall prepare your way before you. Verily, I say to you, among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist at this time. The greatest prophet, the greatest man at this time, born of women, there has been no one greater up until now. What is John's track record? He was put in jail, and he was beheaded for standing for righteousness. He decided to stand. He made a stand, and he was put in jail, and then he was beheaded by Herod. We're going to be talking about the armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6. We know after he talks about the armor of God, we know that Paul was writing the letter to the Ephesians from jail. And then we know he was later on to be beheaded. Are you starting to see a pattern? We need to change our definition of success. Paul was put in jail and he was beheaded. So was he not successful? Pick any mega rock star, celebrity, actor, politician, anybody you can think of. Over the 2,000 years, this letter, the letters that Paul wrote, has anybody had more influence? Has anyone had more success than Paul? For 2,000 years, his letters have been been read and studied and followed. He has had more influence than any celebrity that you can possibly think of. More people have read Paul and followed his ways and changed their lives because of the things that Paul has written under the direction of the Holy Spirit than any mega pastor, than than anyone you can think of. We need to change our definition of success. In the 1700s, there was a man named Paul Bunyan, and it was against the law to go to church outside the Church of England. Paul Bunyan had a warrant out for his arrest. His wife begged him, don't go to the church gathering today. Please, husband, don't go. But Paul Bunyan said, I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to go to church. This is what God has called me to do. So sure enough, he went to church. The soldiers came. They had a warrant for his arrest. And they put him in jail for 12 years. While Paul Bunyan was in jail for those 12 years, he wrote a little book that you can find still today on YouTube. It's taught in Bible colleges everywhere called Pilgrim's Progress. At the time that he wrote that book from jail in England, Pilgrim's Progress at the time was outselling the Bible. But yet he He wrote it from jail because he decided to put on the armor of God and he decided to make a stand. Brothers, we got to change our definition of success. Are you telling me that the greatest prophet born of women at that time, according to Jesus, was not successful because he was put in jail and beheaded? Are you telling me that Paul, who has influenced people at this point, more than any celebrity you can think of was not successful because he was put in jail and then later beheaded. Are you telling me that Paul Bunyan was not successful because he was put in jail for making a stand? We have to change our definition of success. And there's one person with us now that I know has been in jail. Remember you were put in jail in the Congo. Yes. Unjustly put in jail, right? Yeah. So was God with you during that time? 100%. Did you say, "Oh God didn't deliver me. I'm God doesn't know how to take care of me. I'll never be successful. I'll never be able to do anything again." Quite the opposite, yes sir. No to the contrary. Yeah, to the contrary. No to the contrary. I think God was more with me. Yeah, he was more with you. He was more with you through that through that time. And 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 God Used that time to prepare you and equip you to make you a stronger Christian in the future. So, in other words, you it's now it's a success story. Just like just like John the Baptist, just like just like Paul, just like uh, uh Paul Bunyan, it's a success story. We need to change our definition of success. We cannot be afraid. Thank you, Emmanuel. Thank you, sir. We, we can't be afraid of persecution. We can't be afraid of the schemes and the wiles and the things that Satan's going to put against us. Because when bad things happen to us, God promises that he's going to take care of us. He's going to be with us during those times. As we come into the end times, I want to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Now, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, this is a very well-known verse talking about the man of sin that is going to be revealed, talking about the Antichrist. And it says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together to him, that you be not soon or unsettled in your mind, or be troubled. Don't be unsettled. Don't be troubled. So what is Paul talking about? Little fun fact, the early Christians so believed in God and the coming of Christ, they were so fired up about Christ. They were thinking that Christ was going to return in their lifetime 2,000 years ago. And so there was a big thing going around because you got to remember there's no Zoom meetings. There's no electricity. So, if a messenger comes into town and says, Jesus has returned, there's no way of getting on the internet or going to the news and confirming it. And so, people so believed that Jesus was going to follow through on his word, which we know he will and he does, that they were expecting him to come back in their time. So, Paul was telling them, Look, there's going to be an antichrist, but don't be unsettled, don't worry. He hasn't come, he hasn't come yet, okay? Verse three, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. In other words, the Antichrist being revealed, the Antichrist world government shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And then that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And I could do a whole hour on the falling away but we're on the armor of god so i have to i have to skip past it the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called god or that is worshiped so so that he as god sits in the temple of god showing himself that he is god he's explaining what the antichrist wants to do what's being set up right now for him to do Verse five. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And know you, and now you know what withholds, what restrains, what withholds, that He might be revealed in His time. For the mystery of iniquity or lawlessness does already work. That's what I was talking about. We know it's been here for two thousand years. Only he who now restrains will restrain until he be taken out of the way. So as we see these things converging, as we see prophecies start to come to pass, as we see the Antichrist and global government start to be set up, and just let me say one thing. It doesn't matter if it happens in our time or if it happens later. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change our job. It doesn't change what we're supposed to do. Now, quite literally, the restrainer is, in my opinion, the Holy Spirit. But where does the Holy Spirit live? He lives inside the temple. He lives inside our our body. Our bodies are the temple. Our bodies contain the Holy Spirit. And it is our job to be that restrainer. It doesn't matter If the Antichrist comes 100 years from now, the people Paul was writing to, the Holy Spirit was in them, they were the restrainers. The Christians 200 years in the past, they were the restrainer. They were holding the Antichrist back. It is our job as a Christian with the Holy Spirit working inside of us, it is our job to be that restrainer. Now, let me tell you, I can do nothing against the devil. I can do nothing against the Antichrist and his schemes by myself in the flesh. But with the power of God, with the Holy Spirit inside of me, my job is to be that restrainer. My job is, as persecution and problems come, my job is to stand. But I cannot stand unless I have the armor of God. On me, unless I am equipped with that armor of God. When I am equipped with that armor of God, when the Holy Spirit is inside of me, I can do my job. I can stand and I can hold back the schemes and the wiles of the devil. So that's our job as we get into uh, the armor of God. What is the purpose of the armor of God? It is to stand against the schemes. And the treachery of the devil. Verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Are we strong? Honestly, are we strong? Again, there's nothing I can do by myself. There's nothing I can do with my intelligence. There's nothing I can do with my talents inside of myself. It's all vanity, it's all useless. But am I strong in the Lord? Am I empowered by God? Am I empowered by his Holy Spirit? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Which brings to mind, it's not by might nor power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. We can't do anything by ourselves, guys. We, As talented and as brilliant as I know you guys are, there's nothing we can do by ourselves. If we're going to stand when the persecution and when the temptations and when the trials come, if we're gonna stand, we have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, not in the power of our flesh or our own talents and abilities. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. Review what I said last time you show up to battle with just a helmet in your long underwear and sandals, you are not going to be effective. You are going to be useless. You are not going to be able to stand. You are not going to be able to fight. Yes, you have the helmet of salvation. Yes, you're saved. You're born again. You're going to heaven. No doubt. Okay? But if you are going to walk, in your purpose and what God has instructed you to do, if you are going to make a stand, you must have on the whole armor of God, not just the helmet of salvation. There's more to do. There's more to this Christian life than just being saved. Put on the whole armor of God. Oh man, I'm starting to preach. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil the tricks, the schemes, the treachery, the deceits. For we wrestle not, verse 12, against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the root of the problem. It's a spiritual problem. Politics is not going to solve a spiritual problem. It is a spiritual problem. No doubt. And we have to understand that these battles take place in prayer. These these battles take place in following and obeying the instruction of God. That's where these battles are won. That's where these battles are fought. But again, we have to understand that these, these powers these high powers these spiritual wicked powers are trying to get their plans and their schemes to manifest in the physical world the corruption the we'll just take we'll just use politics because it's so obvious in every country no matter where you're at the corruption and the bad government and the unjust things that the government does is a physical manifestation of what these wicked powers have been scheming and doing. So yes, it is a spiritual battle, 100,000%, no doubt. But as a Christian, we have to understand that these spiritual things at some point are trying to manifest in the physical. I took some time and, and listened to some other people teach about the armor of God. And they're keeping it all spiritual and it is a spiritual thing. And, you know, they're just saying, put on the, put on the armor of God, put it on. But you know, as a, as a coach, it's like telling a soccer player, just go out and score goals. We win. And I'm not criticizing these guys. The thing is, is they're, they're probably in their life. They know how to put on the armor of God and they're walking around in the armor of God. But they don't know how to explain it to other people as a coach to get you to manifest it in your life. You can't just tell people, "Oh, you'll be fine. The devil's coming against you. Just put on the armor of God." But but see, as a coach, it bugs me because okay, these guys are talented guys that were preaching. They're they're the superstars of Christianity, no doubt. So they intuitively know how to walk in the armor of God and put it on. But they're not explaining to us, how to get it to manifest in our life. Okay. And that's what I'm trying to do today. Let's get it to the point where we can see the effects of our armor manifesting in the physical world. Okay. Against the world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13. Whenever God reminds you to do something more than once, you need to pay attention. Verse 13 Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of god that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand that's the purpose of the armor of god when persecution comes when temptation comes when bad things start coming against us and and people are telling us oh does the bible really say that i don't know should you really do that are you going to stand Are you going to be strong in the Lord? Are you going to be strong in his power? And are you going to stand? Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Truth. Truth is the belt. Your loins girt about. Your loins belted with truth. Truth is what holds everything together. We as a Christian, if you want to put on the armor of God, You are going to have to be violently truthful. (laughs) When you tell somebody you're going to be there at 830 and all these bad things are starting to happen, you're going to get there at 830 because you said you're going to be there at 830. Now, if you can't make it, you're going to call up and say, oh, man, I'm so sorry. My tire got flat. I'm changing it right now. I'm on my way. But you don't just don't show up. And then, and then call somebody two days later and say, "Oh yeah, I decided I couldn't make it." You're not being truthful. When when you go to work and you and you uh, tell the time that you worked, are are you gonna, you know, put a few minutes here, a few minutes there? It's no big deal. Just little, just little, you know, white lies. You know, nobody cares. It's, It's not a big deal. As a Christian. If you are going to keep on the armor of God, if you want the armor of God to manifest in your life, you can no longer be untruthful in any way, shape, or form. You have to be brutally honest with other people. You have to be brutally honest with yourself. Truth is what is going to hold everything together. Being truthful in everywhere you go, everything you do. That's. How you put on the belt of truth. Having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. I covered this in the first time, little review. Basically, you have to understand we walk in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Not what we've done, not because we did really good in prayer and Bible reading and and we had a revival and we have a huge church and my business is doing great. And I'm, that's what you're supposed to do as a Christian. You have to understand to have on the breastplate of righteousness. You have to understand that on your worst day, on my worst day where I've cussed and I've yelled at my wife, I've said stupid and horrible things to friends or friends. You have to understand on your worst day, because of what Jesus Christ has done and his blood, that you on your worst day can enter before the throne room of God and repent and make your, your petitions known unto him. And you can ask God for anything on your worst day. Because it is the righteousness of Jesus that you put on, not your own. And brothers, you have to understand that. Quit saying, I'm going I'm to pray and I'm going to read and I'm going like, to get ready. Uh, and then I'm, I'm going to do a great intercession and enter before the, no. When you're having that worst day and the Holy Spirit said, Chris, you're messing up. You're, you're full of sin. You need to Repent. And get before the throne of God. And you enter before God because of the righteousness of Christ. And that again has to go along with being brutally honest to yourself. Quit lying to yourself and telling yourself that everything I've done, I'm great. I'm doing good because I've done all these things for the Lord. I have sin in my life. I need to repent. Honesty. Righteousness. That's how you manifest the breastplate of righteousness. Are you going to have the faith to enter before the throne room of God on your worst day because of what Jesus has done because of his blood? Oh man, I got to move on. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now this is an unusual one guys. Uh, This is one. I don't think we've understood what this means. It's, preparation. It's really weirded quite, it's worded quite strange. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So we know, and your feet shod, that means your feet are shooed. That means you've put shoes on, you've put boots on. But what is this with the preparation of the gospel of peace? Psalm chapter 37, verse 23, it says, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So many times we think that we manifest this by going out and preaching the gospel. Going out and telling other peoples about uh, about Jesus, and that's having your feet shod with the with the gospel of peace. But we've left out that word preparation. It's kind of weird. It's like ah stuck in there. And then you put that in conjunction with Psalm 37 because we're talking about your shoes, your feet, that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. So how do we manifest? the preparation, and having our feet shot in the gospel of peace. I am telling you that your whole entire life, your successes, your failures, your mistakes, the times that you have fallen down and gotten back up, the horrible things that you've done, everywhere you've gone as a righteous man has prepared you to be a minister of the gospel has prepared you to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because in that failure, in those mistakes you made, you repented and you went back to God and you went back to God's word and you asked for guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit. And that has prepared you for now. It has prepared you for today. It has prepared you for the future. So now that you are putting on that protection and your steps are ordered by God, you have on the breastplate of righteousness, you have on the belt of truth. Now, do you know that your failures and your mistakes and the times that you have miserably fallen down, they have prepared you for for the gospel of peace so that you can walk in the armor of God. Hallelujah. Guys, we cannot lose. We cannot lose. When you follow God, even though bad things are coming against you, even though you fall, even though you make mistakes, it is preparing you. That is how the armor of God has manifested on you because you know that those mistakes, you're not going to make that mistake again. So now as you go into your new ministry, into your new job, into your new relationship, in your new family, all those mistakes and failures that you've had in the past has prepared you to take the gospel of peace into that ministry, into your, that relationship, into your job, into anything that you are preparing to go into. That is how the armor of God, it, it, that's one of the ways the, the gospel, the shoes of peace are manifest in your life. When you are failing, when you decide to get up and follow God's word anyway, you have manifested the, the gospel shoes of peace in your life. You are putting on the armor of God. Amen. And verse 16, above all, above all, the most important thing, taking up the shield of faith, which I covered on, on the first one. And how you manifest that is you basically believe the word of God. The world is going to tell you to do certain things and act in certain ways. And it is going to be contrary to obvious scripture. Okay. And if you are going to go with the way the world thinks, and if you are going to go with the the way things are contrary to the word of God, instead of following that, you have no faith. You're not going to be able to stand. And as I told you, you can show up with not all the pieces of armor but if you have a shield at least you can lock shield with other lock your shields with other Christians and you can use your faith and you can help us stand. And and that's how you manifest the shield of faith and I and I brought up the climate change nonsense. In in Genesis chapter 8 verse 22 as an example. God said there's always going to be cold heat and and seasons. Either we rip that page out of our Bible and go and support climate change and global warming or whatever, or or we believe God and understand that it's a lie, it's a scheme, it's a trick of the devil. And you're not going to be able to stand against it. You're going to follow along with it. Or are you going to believe Jesus 8.22? And if Genesis 8.22 isn't right, Then what else isn't right in the Bible, and why am why am I here, and why am I preaching? Just rip other stuff out. And guys, there's all kinds of things like this that go contrary to the Word of God. Okay, and take the helmet of salvation. We talked about that. You have to know you're saved, and I talked about that in the first lesson. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And again, that's basically guys. We got to be in this Word. We have to know this word every single day. We've got to talk about it. We've got to study it. We've got to understand it and know what it is saying. How are you going to wield the sword of God or the word of God? If you've never read it, how are you going to wield it? If you, if you don't understand it and guys I've read the book of revelation, 150 times, if not a thousand times and The first hundred times I did it, there's so much in there I didn't understand and still don't understand. But over time, then you start to understand it, and that can go with any book in the Bible. That's just the most obvious one. And then praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, we know that that's basic how you manifest the armor of God. Get reading and knowing and understanding the word of God. And praying with all supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And how you manifest that, my friends, is you put other Christians and you put other people above yourself. You stand with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You pray with your brothers and sisters in Christ, which I, I love the uh, the prayer chain on Joshua Nations. That's a little example of it. But there's no pride as a pastor. There's no pride as as anything else. When you you get among other believers, other saints, and and we're interacting with each other, if you want to manifest that supplication for all saints, you have to put other people above yourself. Thank you for listening to the Joshua Nations Inheritance Podcast. We hope you are encouraged and challenged with today's message. For more from Joshua Nations, visit our website joshuanations.org.